0: Hey, what's up there, listeners? This is your host, David Scales of Surf Splendor. Welcome back to a new episode of Surf News with my co-host, Scott Bass. And um, not really too much to say. I'll give you the basics, as always. SurfSplendorPodcast.com is the website if you want to find all the videos and photos and things that we discuss in this show. And then you can just find us on social media at Surf Splendor. All right, enjoy today's show. Jay Bay is starting in a mere less than 12 hours, I think. So if you're listening to this um, soon, get your fantasy team set, send in a wager if you want to play that game. You can find out all that info on surfsplendorpodcast.com. Just click the Fantasy Surfer button if you want to play with us. And I think that is it to discuss in my preamble. So enjoy the show. I'll be back at the end to sign us off. Thanks. Yeah, guy, yeah,
1: guy, friggin', yeah, guy. Welcome, everybody, down the line, Surf Talk Radio. I'm Scott Bass, along with uh, our co-host, my co-host, the co-host, David Scales, one who uh, many have suggested
0: is the backbone of this broadcast. David, welcome. Is that what many have suggested? I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, my I fun. think of
0: myself as the front, but well. Actually, I don't know. I was, gonna, I was gonna say what's the opposite of backbone, but then that sounded yeah. super homoerotic, so I will not say that. no. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it. By the way, I've manufactured a microphone or microphone padded stand for Scott Bass for any table thumping that listeners have been complaining about. We're gonna try to put an end to that madness. The table thumping will never end.
1: <laughs> no, I hope it does We'll see, you know I get a, I get a little excited About some of these topics Apparently well, And I thump on the table Speaking of uh, You're a man of exquisite passion, Scott Thank you, my friend Speaking of uh, passion i got an email here, David. I want to read it to the listeners. It's about and refers to the interview that Paul Speaker did with Stuart Varney on Fox Business. Yep. Many of you saw the interview. It was sort of viral on the internet, at least in the surf space. We talked about it. And we talked about it. And, um, you know, in a nutshell, Paul Speaker sort of came across as unauthentic to the core fan like you and I and the rest of the listeners. Totally. And so here's this email from my friend Greg W. in Del Mar, California. He says, the bummer here on so many levels is the game that Paul Speaker is playing is with the public to fool them into facts and numbers that are patently untrue, even absurd. And that in order to meet the WSL's goals of an NFL-like public recognition and love, The real enthusiasts, the real surf fans, the core audience, you and me, are being dismissed as irrelevant and unworthy in the pursuit of the interest of the casual non-enthusiast. That's the WSL's game, and it's totally insulting to anyone who cares, end quote, Greg W. from Del Mar. Good call. My question to you, David, is as a core surf fan, do you feel insulted? Were you insulted by speakers' interaction and interview? with Varney, as Greg suggests.
0: I didn't personally feel insulted, but I totally agree with that sentiment, is that that is what um, Speaker, in an effort to kind of try to gain these this broader audience is alienating the core audience in a sense. Now, the flip side of that Maybe is... Maybe alienated
1: strong, though, because th- that was really the crux of my question to you is yeah. I don't sense that you're alienated. I sense well, that you're like, yeah, okay, that's how you play the game. I get it, and I'm not insulted or alienated. I'm going to continue to be involved.
0: I'm not personally, but that is his intention, by right. the way, or or a result no, no, of his, his that's intention. A result, yeah. Right, so what I'm saying is that as, an, as the core audience, fortunately enough, I still get to watch Kelly Slater and Owen Wright surf Cloud Break, and that's all I really want. How they discuss it doesn't insult me one way or the other, but I do acknowledge so what, what he's saying is that, yeah, Speaker doesn't necessarily... I don't connect with Speaker at all on a yeah. personal level. No. Speaker looked at footage of Julian Wilson and thought it was Owen Wright. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So so i definitely agree that like there's powers behind speaker who i would probably be able to have a beer with and chat surfing with speaker isn't that guy but to be perfectly honest i'm okay with that oftentimes the guys who are best equipped to run the company aren't the guys who you want to necessarily have a beer with or talk surfing with you know
1: right i would agree with that i i don't think it feels like um Myself or you or the core surf fan um, was marginalized in any way by the experience. Um, you know, it is what it is. It's the it's the you know kooky CEO guy speaking with the kooky business guy, and it's going to be kooky. And totally. that's okay. Let's move on.
0: Talk well, also, I think the reason why speaker strategy might be the correct strategy. You is, mean newbie eyeballs over yes, core surf fans? Right. Correct the reason why I think that may be accurate or, or the right way to go is I am a core surf fan. I surf more than most whatever people do, but I spend less money on surf product than some high school kid's mom does for him. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Who doesn't actually surf. Right. So I get wetsuits pretty much, if not for free at cost. I, I don't remember the last time I paid for a wetsuit. Um, surfboards, clothing, all of it. You know what I mean? So... He shouldn't really be catering to me because I'm not going to support his stuff. I'm going to help promote it, and we're going to generate you, the content. Would you buy a
1: Tag Heuer watch?
0: Well, no. Just on a moral position, I'm not going to buy a luxury watch. Right, but right. But I agree. What I about do, a,
1: What about a phone from uh, Samsung? Samsung, yeah
0: nope <laughs> but
1: that has to do more with you're gonna you're smart enough to search out the marketplace and find the phone that best fits your needs it's not like you're yeah it's 16 not. and you're going i gotta have a samsung because kelly said to correct
0: and i to your point i do buy product
1: do, do you ever buy product based on hey you know what i like the wsl i'm going to support them is there a product in there?
0: That's a great question.
1: You know, because we do like the WSL and we do want to support them. We do want it to continue and, and flourish,
0: right? Yes. I, I feel like yes. There's times in my life where I've made that call, not necessarily with the WSL, but I will buy something specifically because I like. Well, the like company. Kelly is a great example for yeah. me. Like
1: I will buy, I will try Perps, I will try Outer Known, yeah. I will do that because I just think he's such a great ambassador. True.
0: I've I've bought Patagonia stuff that I'll spend three times what I would normally spend on a pair of shoes just because I like. Yvon Chouinard. I agree with that know. too.
1: Yeah, I'm a fan of, and I have done that.
0: Yeah, and I will continue to. But quite frankly, they make great product. Absolutely. So
1: you know, it, it's sort of ut- f- utilitarian product, right? It, you know, it works because yeah. those guys work it.
0: Yeah, I'm not. Know? I'm not. It's not a charitable donation, no. but it's, I need to get something out of it. But yeah, it's an interesting point. Yeah. So Greg
1: W. Um, good email, and um, certainly something to discuss and think about. You know, are we being sold down the river as core surf fans? certainly they're marketing to the newbies and, and I'm okay with that because at the end of the day um, those newbies are at some point right are going to become core surf fans mm-hmm. and you have to appease the core you know it's kind of like NFL you know you just can't go hey you know what we're going to do flag football this year you know it's like no but, you're not
0: but that's the thing we're appeased because again they're surfing eight foot cloud break
1: well absolutely yeah. so,
0: so we got what we want
1: yeah and I, I'll re- I can touch on that later I, I want to bring that up again this
0: episode sure. as well um, anyway that's my email good email though um nice Dwayne Almond shirt by the way. The thing looks Hell crisp. Yeah. Did you just buy Dwayne that? Dwayne Almond,
1: bro. Woo.
0: Did you just buy that? Got my
1: Confederate flag <laughs> waving it. Actually, <laughs> interestingly, the Almond brothers were extremely um how what what's the word? They were um you No, know, their band was integrated. Like for gu- white guys from the South that oh, were like good old boy rednecks. Yeah. I just finished the the Dwayne Almond uh, biography. It's called Sky Dog. Anyway, those guys were heavily, they, they were like super tight. They had two, they had one black drummer. They were heavily involved with the black music scene. They totally dug it. They got into it. So um, the Almond Brothers were actually really, uh, in. Inic- uh, what's the term I'm looking for? They were, they were not racist. Right. They weren't segregated. Right, right, right. You know, they didn't believe yeah. in Jim Crow or segregation. Forward thinking. Yes.
0: Um, like,
1: like the hippies that they were. Yeah. Peace <laughs> and love. Everything's
0: cool. It's a, it's a black t-shirt. Did you iron it? It looks like crisp, like you just. Hell yeah, I ironed it. It's Did the you? only T-shirt I will iron. <laughs> Dwayne Almond deserves that. That's awesome, man. Good job. <laughs> uh, my mom gave me an Almond Brothers Greatest Hit CD the other day.
1: Did you throw it in the trash?
0: No, I took it home. It's still wrapped. That's she, what we're playing right I now. Don't e- I know. I don't even know where she got it from. Like, but it was like it had a one dollar price. T- a sticker on it like it was in a, got, a discount bin or something at the dollar store no she just like found it like in a discount bin or something and just randomly grabbed it and was like hey do you want this and i'm like i don't think i even have a cd player but i guess i'll take it that's know? the
1: greatest purchase and buy and a, value a your mother maybe ever has ever got a dollar dude. can't beat
0: it yeah can't beat it I'm like, do you have the digital version? You could just send me, mom, because this is going to take up space. Isn't that digital? (laughs) Well, it's It's a physical copy. It's a physical copy, though. Right, but it's digital. I just wanted to email it to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, how far back do you go? By the way, did you? uh, How old are you? Forty? Thirty-three. Oh my god! I don't. I'm insulted.
0: (laughs) I need to wear more sunblock,
1: dude. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so you're 33. So, did you have you ever purchased an album like when you were a kid? Oh, I know yeah. you've, you've probably bought vinyl now. Maybe if you're a vinyl guy or hey, whatever.
0: I've got the most embarrassing thing I'm going to share with you right now, just because it's Donny good. Osmond no, album. No, no, no. Just because it's good pod, the very first album I bought it was a cassette tape. You'll never guess it in a million years.
1: What what genre? You got to give me the genre of music.
0: Female, uh who's now become. Female Ma- songstress who's like pop. Madonna? No. Karen Carpenter? Reba a- McIntyre. Amy Grant Heart-Shaped Box, I think was the name of the oh, thing. Oh, Amy Grant. Oh, Amy is... Grant. She's become like a Christian singer yeah. now well, at the I time. Think, yeah. She was like pop, I think. Well, she started Christian went pop. But she's okay. probably back now. She had like one hit and I was like 11 years old and I liked that one hit and somehow scrounged together, you know, 10 wow. bucks wow. and went and bought this cassette tape. That's heavy. Yeah. That's... So embarrassing. Now, so you're
1: bringing me back to the first music I ever purchased and... um I think it was a foreigner album you know Mm. like double vision or whatever that song was
0: well I remember shortly thereafter I ended up with the doors double side I think it was the greatest hits as well yeah and I was listening to it all the time and the final track was the end oh which is best song ever but super depressing and again I was like a young maybe 13 at the time listening to this on repeat and eventually i came home from school my mom she had thrown it in the trash can and i was like mom i saved my money for that and she's like i'm not gonna have my 13 year old listening to this depressing music you know because it's all about suicide and stuff and so uh we got into it over that maybe that's what the allman brother cd gift was it was a her Trying to mend... Yeah, she's like, here's some optimism. Yeah, her like, hey, I feel bad for throwing that door CD away. Here's this. Maybe yeah.
1: you can discuss that with her. I'll tell you, the doors She listens were... to the show, by the way. Oh, good. Shout out to my mom. Hello, Mrs. Scales. The, uh, the doors were a big part of my high school experience as well. And um, I remember we had a poetry class. And me and my buddy, we were all about Jim Morrison and the poetry and the words and the whole trip. And, uh, but I, I think the best door song is When the Music's Over. Oh, yeah. God, that is the long version of that is
0: insane. Yeah, it's such a good song. Killer, like, organ baseline. When the music is the special th- friend. Oh, yeah. Sing it, David. Uh-huh. No. Okay. Um, back to surfing? Back to surfing. I got a few things um, that are all related to surf filmmaking, if you want to get into that. Sure,
1: I would love to do that.
0: I mean, this is something, surf filmmaking is near and dear to my heart. I was, you know... I just, it was such an influential part of my surf existence growing up as a teenager. I loved surf film. And um, there's a lot of stuff going around on the web just in the last two weeks that are really worth discussing one of which we discussed is my must-see moment last time, which is Surfer Magazine and Red Cameras partnered up to do this Red Direct video series. They're releasing about two or three videos a week. They have 11 filmmakers. Um, it's a competition. They gave 11 filmmakers this $50,000 red camera package to go out and make an original and unique surf film. And the 11 filmmakers are, have all submitted their stuff. And again, they're releasing them two or three a week for the next few weeks. And... Um, The first one was John John Florence, which you and I both loved. And that was the must-see moment. But ever since then, every release has been a letdown. Like one's worse than the next, basically. And I'm at the point where I just view this as like a completely squandered opportunity where... They're doing nothing original at all. The objective was to make an original and unique surf film. These are highly unoriginal. They're all about six minutes. I don't know what the requirement was with length, but they're all about six minutes. And it's surfing set to music with B-roll cutaways of a sunset or the guys, the Co- the Coffin Brothers, driving down the highway in a car, pulling over to check the surf. They're, they're just like exactly like every surf film we've ever seen and with mediocre surfing none of the surfing in it is that particularly good you know
1: yeah i agree i mean that's it's interesting you know surf filmmaking like where do we go from here you know it's all gotten rather cliche um i too took in uh i believe every single one of the surfer magazine Red direct entries yeah and um and yeah you know it i was trying really hard to want to like it you know and, and and Again, it's kind of like, where do we go from here? You know, okay, we've got the artsy-fartsy shot. Now let's get some super radical slow-mo, high def. Uh, you know, the surfing, it is what it is. You know, it's good. There's some moments at, at various points in time in, in those different entries that are worthy to watch. And, but, you know... the it's sort of like if you're a filmmaker i'll just play devil's advocate because i agree with everything you said but just to play devil's advocate what would you have them do you know like where were they missing are you do you just not want any more artsy fartsy do, it doesn't because you and i discussed this offline last week we said it felt sort of forced like they're like oh i better throw in the you know the artsy fartsy forward mustard grass you know with the sun setting thing or whatever yeah. the hell it is um and and you know the Connor Coffin stuff the Coffin brothers one was really forced I thought the the B roll of them driving around I could just literally hear the guy going okay point to the train you know right. like I just heard it in my head I was right. like oh my god this is the shot you're giving me yeah like this is so unnatural they're like oh look this you know and it was just I, so but what do you want them to do like what's next like like you know they're in a they're in a box which is the reason why surf films are kind of lame right it's like. Okay, you're going to tell me that surfing's great, been done. You're going to show me artsy-fartsy stuff, been done. You're going to show me great surfing, been done. Everything's been done. Right. Except maybe some crazy documentaries that really go down a different path and aren't necessarily about surfing at the end of the day. The themes are whatever they are, selfishness yeah. or drug intake or you know, music or whatever it is.
0: Well, um, I would like to see some sort of thinking outside the box like that. I mean, the documentary thing is great. I always enjoy that. And to a certain extent... The John John Florence one was a little bit of a documentary. The uh, Jason Baffo one. That was one, the best one, right? The John
1: John Florence one.
0: Well, I thought so. I did too. And then the Jason Baffo one with Tyler Hedzikian was a little document- like a documentary as well. And that we poo-pooed. But honestly, that's the number two contender right it now is. out of all these. These other yeah. ones have been worse. I will say, um, I'll answer your question again in a second. But the Aaron Lieber film about Noah Beshin was actually Noah Beshin shreds. Like yeah. Noah's surfing was incredible. And it was also aesthetically the most beautiful, I thought. The way it was shot was the most beautiful. Yeah. But left something to be desired in terms of originality and the song selection was horrendous right. you know um but that's just an opinion like, i mean i
1: guess it's all opinion right but it, it
0: is sans I, well,
1: music it was pretty good
0: yeah the the entry song that was like atmospheric worked well but then it went into a rock song for the surfing and it was just like the worst song ever but I it should was still the almond brothers definitely should he use the almond brothers for the filmmakers doors. so um there's a song called Blue Sky, you cannot go wrong. Just you cannot. Blue Sky. Definitely. Uh, Eat a Peach, right? Yes, sir. Is that the album? Yes, sir. Very good. So, yes, ding ding ding. Um, we have a winner. So the Noah Noah Beshan was ripping. There was a couple of angles. There was one angle, I think it was at Puerto Escondido, like a medium-sized day on the right that Noah Beshan was getting barreled, and they were tracking right outside the tube on a wave runner and Aaron was sitting on the back of the wave runner filming into the barrel. So it's like they're tracking at the same um, speed of the wave while Noah's getting tubed just on the shoulder of the tube, basically filming. So he's driving through the barrel and we're at the same motion of the wave, same speed. And I thought that was a really innovative angle that, I mean, it was awesome. So I appreciated that. That Um, might not have been
1: Puerto. That might've been that other great Mexican beach break that shall be remain named. Yeah,
0: Maybe um Go ahead. so that that one video stands out as being you know a little different but again wasn't didn't live up to the potential that i had for this red direct series now i'm hinging all of my hopes on chris bryan's entry which is going to be the final video and it's with craig anderson and um i forget who the other surfer is maybe it's Dion ageus mm-hmm. i'll have to look it up yeah. but chris bryan's filmmaking and filming has always been incredible and well, i think that's
1: the thing those other guys some of those other guys we would hang our hats on as well like jason yeah, Baffa. So. you would you would you know anyway go ahead well so you're hoping because of chris's past stuff that
0: it's going to live up and craig anderson as well, well it's just yeah. a poetic beautiful surfer yeah, exactly. you know and chris Bryan is the guy who um doesn't release stuff unnecessarily like he will hoard all this stuff for years to put out an a plus you know whatever so i I kind of i believe in his philosophy and Mm -hmm. mentality behind filmmaking but to answer your question about where do we go from here you brought up a good example last week which was um that that uh throwback type of a surf film that was like half scripted where they're going to go to um the, the country of Calderon and like spy on the country. So there was a script involved and there was acting. And that has bit us in the butt as well with some of Taylor Steele's efforts in the well, past. Well, look, all of that stuff's kind
1: of just hackney. Um, you know, it's all it's all kind of just tongue in cheek. You mm-hmm. know, it's all just to set up the, we, look, we went surfing and here's the footage and I, I wanted to do something different. So we just had fun with it, right? I mean, you're not going to expect anything other than that to
0: come out of that. You're not going to get some great, Here's why it's hackneyed, though, is because they come up with a script and then they go film a surf trip and they try to mash them together. I want to see something where the angles of the surf trip and the setup of the shots and where they're shooting, all that stuff is integrated into the larger script where they're, they set up a concept like skate videos do and snowboard videos, where they set up a concept and then they execute and they set up shots and they bring props and things like that. You know what I mean? So we're not going necessarily just to find the best waves and stomp the biggest alley-oop in the world unless the alley-oop fits the greater purpose of the art piece. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I'm thinking. Well, it'll
1: be interesting to see what Chris comes up with. Um, You know, I sort of wonder what the guys at Surfer, how they feel about what, you know, how... You just get the sense that... There could have been something better. Yeah. You know, especially with just these great cameras and...
0: It's great opportunity I mean, The cameras are all about
1: high-definition slow-mo, right? I mean, isn't that what that camera... And I'm no expert. Yeah. Is it, I'm assuming that that's what that camera's all about, right? Mm-hmm. Somehow, we got to get that camera onto the helmet of, you know, Koa Smith or somebody, yeah, yeah. you know? Well, somebody I, that's pulling into the barrel of Chopu and...
0: Yeah. Just kind of a sidebar. I just saw on Instagram um, this morning that... Shane Dorian posted a new GoPro 4, I think it is. Is that the... L- the brand new one. It's like oh. this tiny little square. Oh, wow. um, So I guess they're going to have a new product on the market soon. But one film... <laughs> I don't know. What are you laughing at? I just, I just
1: GoPro's like, as soon as you think you're up to speed, they're like, we got a new product. You're like, oh shit. It's I technology, got a, I got a new Apple iPhone. I got to get a new one of these. Yeah. What happened to the old one? Um, so I remember were- GoPro when it had film. I think I've told you. We used to put film in GoPros. There used to be like film. Like you would literally take the whole camera and, drop it off at the Kodak place and it would develop your film. What?
0: Yes. Well, it wasn't a GoPro, though. It was. The brand GoPro itself. Yes. No way. Yes. Like an early edition. The very first edition had film in it. Yeah. Crazy. Um, So a couple of other things from Webland um, not related to Red Direct reef just released a new film called exit did you try to watch it i haven't seen it the thing is an 18 minute waste of time dude oh my god
1: <laughs> we are bashing hard
0: no that's what i'm saying dude what? this surf film thing we're, we have all this content none of it's worth watching wow that's so, where I, we're is at it
1: because our bar is so i mean i was thinking about this too there's so much radical footage out there that unless you're like the bar is so friggin' high but why I mean let me ask you this I didn't see the reef thing I'm sure there was red hot quality surfing going on right
0: Taylor Knox by by, Mick Fanning by 2009 standards maybe right like the surfing and it was not A plus clips
1: you and I sort of demand you know we demand Clay Marzo Craig Anderson
0: all at their highest levels right Um, it's because there's a hundred guys to choose from surfing the best waves in the world every day Noah Dean isn't Noah Dean in that no no he's Uh, doesn't he have something out a new clip out or something no i not that i know of Hmm. but it's like well because of that swell in the indian ocean we're seeing the best surfing in the world happening to the minute on instagram so if Reef takes a year to put together a film it's too late. with, it's a year too late. Not only is it a year too late, but you've got Mick Fanning and all these great surfers. If you took a year to put this together, it should be the best of the best, and right. it's not. Right, it's their B clips basically. Right. So
1: because you know what happens, and I'm, I'm assuming a lot here, but as I recall. Basically, Reese's like, hey, let's put together a movie featuring our team writers. Okay, call Mick's guy, and you call Taylor's guy, and you call... And those guys all go, yeah, I got some stuff. I'll give you some of my stuff. And they just give them the B and the C because they're hoarding the killer for their release. Right. Because
0: this is a free film that's going on YouTube. You right. Know? I, I mean, so, maybe that's part of what it is. I'm sure, that's it. But it, again, just super mediocre. Um Creed, McTag- Creed McTaggart just put together, um, like a, I think it's about a 15-minute film with Toby Cregan is his filmmaker's name. It's called Real Axe, and that is on Stab, and it's going to be a recurring series. Uh, this first episode was shot in New Zealand, and again, waste of 15 minutes. Wow. It's like Creed... I don't think Creed surfs that good first of all I think the guy's overrated yeah. Toby's films are alright there was some Dave Rastovich footage that was really cool Yeah, but again just drinking beers in between sessions hanging out lighting stuff on fire goofing around in the bar and then cut to clips of him doing down carves on a, on a right point break that you and I could do you know what I mean like not into it dude. I'm going off right now um now not into it here's here's what I will say yes uh Matt Miola Albie Layer that whole Maui crew yeah they do a phenomenal job they just launched a new series called The Habitat I think they did season one last year I think this might be season two because I feel like I've seen it before but it's called The Habitat and it was legitimate they use red cameras as well and do some unbelievable surfing they're um Filmmaker guy, I think his name's Elliot Lebo, who they've been working yeah. with for a few years yep. now. Yep. He does a spectacular job. I don't know what his backstory is, but, I mean, their clips are not only A clips, we've seen Matt Miola's spindle flip, but he does a ton of crazy airs that he just looks, he makes look effortless. In the way Parco makes a rail carve look effortless, Miola's doing these, tur- these airs that you almost just, right off because he makes it look too easy and then you go back and watch it and you're like no that was the most technical spin I've seen you know and then Alby Layer one ups him he's doing these really boned out tweaked straight airs like straight air bones out the tail towards shore and then like shifties it back into place and lands like a straight air it's insane you know and then he does the the most massive club sandwich turns I've ever seen crazy <laughs> So is I'm the club huge... sandwich, is that the one that Dane did at Haleva? No. Dane just did a layback. It's the one that Josh Kerr does. Dane does them too, though. Rail grab into the lip, upside down, nose pick. Yeah. Spin. I thought, I thought that's what Dane Reynolds did at Haliva in that come competition. On, buddy. That was come just... on. All right. It's just the biggest slam ever that he right. did. Okay. He doesn't he doesn't spin doesn't through. Doesn't through it. do a club sandwich. And he doesn't oh, grab he did not the... spin through. He it. doesn't spin okay. and he doesn't grab it's the rail. It's the
1: same thing, but but the spin through is the club sandwich part part
0: of it it's the club sandwich because it includes a little bit of everything it's a rail grab <laughs> hold the mail hold the mail it's okay. a rail grab it's a power turn right it's a, power it's hat, a fin free grab, flick
1: fin, fins go free and upside you,
0: down upside down you, you're kind of in the barrel when you start it wow. you know so it's a little bit of everything uh, by Hawaiian the way Hawaiian kick out is there a Hawaiian kick out in there at all
1: there should be afterwards
0: <laughs> Derek Riley coined that term yeah I,
1: I did read about
0: that so but I mean Albie does one he does a bunch of them but he does one that's just like mind-blowing it almost needs a new name you know because <laughs> it's that it's that much radder than a regular club sandwich
1: that stuff is
0: um, insane so that the habitat again if there's any hope for filmmaking and kind of quality of surfing those guys in Maui are well, slam look, dunking if, it
1: if there's we know there's hope for quality filmmaking because we just saw probably the best clip of the year in that Kandui footage from FTR Films that's on Vimeo. that No Kandui. F- five or six minutes of that, however long it is, yeah. is just mind-blowing, and it's just straightforward. I don't even remember there being music to it. I'm sure there is. There was, is. yeah. But it's just straightforward, mind-blowing, eight to 12-foot swell, yeah. in perfect aqua blue, sunny. It's like everything you could ever dream of, and just hairball. Yeah. And so that clip right now is probably the best clip Of the year being July, I mean, could you say that that's the best clip of the year?
0: It could be, but I would say the strength of that clip is strictly the waves and the surfing. That's fine. Yeah. That says a lot. The filmmaker just got out of the way of good waves and surfing. Perfect. You know, that's that's great. Yeah. And I think that to to the point about filmmaking, surf filmmaking is that is the problem nowadays is filmmakers trying to leave their thumbprint on mediocre uh, raw material. It's like, well, we didn't have eight foot, no can do So how do we make this look cool? In many ways, it it sort of mirrors some
1: of the problems with the WSL. You know, like we've got the Rio Pro. It's crappy. It's small. Let's try our best to just glory it up somehow. And add some spice. There's nothing you can do to it. It's just shitty two foot beach break, you know? And then, you know, you've got the the, uh, Fiji Pro and it's insane. And you're like, wow, best contest ever. Why? Because it was eight to 12
0: foot. Right. Well, let's talk about the swell of the century that hit the Indian Ocean, man. What do you know about it? I pretty much know what everyone else knows. But you're you're the forecast guy.
1: Um, I know that it was a beast, and I know that you know it it was just a massive low pressure that spun up, you know, a long period, a lot of big energy. And what what waves were good? Um, well, Padang Padang was really good. I actually watched Padang Padang on my Surfline Premium membership for Mm. all you know most of the day, just like the. The webcam single shot. Yeah, it's a shot. really good cam though. Yeah. it's one of the best cams they probably have. I mean, yeah. it's just a no-brainer. It's just right on the spot, and you blow it up to your full screen, and it's pretty. It's like you're sitting there, just perfect waves. And peeling. the lighting's really good, so it always it's always like back or front lit. You yeah, know? so it's really good lighting. And uh, so Padang was really good. I know Ulu was maxing and huge. Um, and and Ulu's much more like sunset. It's much more like open ocean oh, shit, I better get a bigger board. And Padang's a little bit more streamlined and perfect and hollow. And yeah. um, and so I know, you know, I saw pictures from West Oz that looked incredible. And, right. and, and you know, obviously the Mentawai's was incredible. And um, it was just, you know, I, I don't think my words are going to do it justice. I think everything we've already seen speaks to it better than anything I can say. It was just you know the swell of whatever this there's calling it the swell of the century it was just a massive massive low pressure
0: can i tell you one of what i think is the greatest surf photos i've seen in a long time in regard to this swell did you see this image that is insane
1: i did see this on insta and it's craig anderson after laying down a, a, a top cutback turn going down the wave face and that's just a gorgeous...
0: Again, doing trying to describe this with words is just lame. We're going to have to put gonna, this on your... Yeah, we'll put it on surfsplendorpodcast.com and I'll Instagram it out at surfsplendor. But this picture does
1: evoke everything like high speed, high energy, high drama, gorgeous wave, massive wave, tons of power. Perfect style by Craig Anderson. And, and the board is very interesting. If you blow the image up it's and you look five, at four. the board, it's... It looks small. It looks like he's holding on for dear life. If you look at the track behind him, yeah. it's not like he. It's like he started the turn and he kind of went.
0: Okay, let's just go straight. Yeah. So basically, I'll try to describe this photo. It's at No Kandui, big. What do you say? Ten to twelve foot left. Sure. Um, big left. And it's as thick as it is tall. Yeah, but it's kind of at a part that's gonna. It's just about to hit the reef and double up, and it looks like he was high line tracking up until this double up happened, and now he's just like crouched down and gonna head down the face down this double up. But again, like Scott said, the track that is board left uh, behind is just looks interesting. and the way that this the wave is starting to mutate, is really interesting. It's an interesting curvature. And then Craig Ando's style is so rad. And then he's riding a 5'4, which is just at 12 foot. No can do he is way undergunned. Um, the image is by Iker San Martin, who's somebody I've never even heard of. I've never seen a surf photo of him. And I clicked on his Instagram account and it's private. So I don't think he's really trying to make a living surfing. Um, but it's it's just a unique photograph. Like it looks different than anything. The moment that he snapped the photo, I don't think I would have even clicked the shutter because it's just this in-between moment. But Craig Anderson's style is one of those that's just so photogenic. And I always felt that way about Rob Machado growing up where certain surfers, you're only going to run an image of them in the magazine if you take it at the peak of their turn or the peak of their speed or whatever. Rob Machado, you could take a photo at any moment on the wave and it's magazine worthy. He could be trimming, he could be bottom turning, he could be top turning, he could be kicking out, you know, it doesn't even matter. He could be standing up and just like pushing off his board in a push-up position and that's kind of how Craig Anderson is. This is just a an in-between part of the wave that's non-consequential and it's beautiful. Like, I want this yeah, on my it's wall. it's interesting
1: because I think guys that have that style and that evoke that feeling are guys where you can sort of mind-surf it, you know, because... The, the, they have the ability uh, and their styles have the ability to put us in an imaginary place where we can sort of mind surf it for them. So we don't have to see them at top action. Maybe that's part of it, you know, as I think through it. You know, because there are guys like that and Rob and Craig Anderson and um, I think Tom Kern's one of those guys. I think Dave Rostovich is one of those guys. There's a handful of guys that are guys like that where you're like, wow, you know, like I can imagine. By the way, this image that David's talking about, this is an image that I think would be worthy of a large format framed piece, you know, and I mean like a six foot by six foot framed image in your living room. Like I agree. It's that kind of quality and, and and evokes that sort of spirit where a non-surfer could go, wow, that's a pretty amazing photograph. You know, what's going on there? Yeah. You know? I agree. One of the best images I've seen in a long time. It reminds me, it's, you know, there's an image, um, of, of uh, Conan Hayes the Tom Survey took it Fiji on like, before towins. ins maybe it's like 1997 or something It's at the time I, I think it was maybe the biggest wave ever photographed out there at Cloudbreak mm. but it's one of those types of images where you're like wow you know like, is it
0: like a real stormy type day there's some
1: chatter on the yeah. face yeah and it's a big ass wave yeah you know? and it's the kind of wave where you go wow I wonder if we got towed in and it's right. sort of I think I don't know if it's pre tow in but it's before they were towing in
0: out there yeah I think you're right and that's the thing with this image is it leaves a lot to the imagination and there's a lot of anticipation involved in the photo and there's a lot of wondering what took place based on his track like just before this. It's like you see one, it's a thousand words, you know what I mean? You see one little thing and then it just, your mind explodes with potential of what came before, what's coming next, what's like, it's it's awesome. Yeah,
1: exactly right. You kind of nailed it right there.
0: free. That's linkedinjobs.com/surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So, um swell of the century, can doey, no can doey. Yeah. So it used to be no can doey, right? And then guys started making the barrel and now they call it can doey. Uh,
1: you know, there's a 100 different versions to that story how it got named. Um I I was under the impression we called it no can doey and I was out there in
0: 2001 and it was because, yeah, basically, people are like, they weren't making it. You yeah, know? but once guys started, you know, making the unmakeable, yeah, now, then it went from no can doy to uh, can doy. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> another video. Two more video comments. Um. Did you see Kalia Moniz's wipeout? That was radical, man. <laughs> I, I,
1: I I grabbed a screenshot of that right at the worst possible moment, and uh, that's
0: just. Wrong board. Kalia Moniz, Wrong board. Kalia Moniz, two or three time women's longboard champion. Great surfer. A great surfer surfing Chopu on like a proper 10 foot. From day. a great surfing family. Uh, Yeah. And so she's surfing Chopu on a longboard and she gets a proper one. Did she get towed in maybe? I don't think, maybe, but with that board, I don't think you need to get towed yeah. in. Yeah. So she makes the drop and like gets mid face, starts trimming, but like too high. And the just, board just stops. Just yeah, kind of gets sucked in the up the face, like in the curvature, the sharp curve. The board can't hang, and she goes ass over tea kettle basically face first and lands on the nose of the board before getting sucked over the falls with the board lands she like kinda,
1: doesn't she do, do a turn upwards to, yeah at like, some point like she's on the board backwards maybe or like
0: she... lands on her clavicle basically on the <laughs> nose of her board like scorpion style and then the thing she just goes over the falls with it like on a 10 i think it's
1: on stab
0: right or is yeah. it on beach grit it's on stab. Yeah, it's on stab that's right we'll post SurfSplendorPodcast.com. Pretty com, incredible it. Yeah. Spectacular. And gets pretty shredded. And they show uh, Monica Byrne, uh, like, rubbing lime on her wounds afterwards, you know, on the reef wounds to disinfect it. But that was a well worth, you know, a two-minute video that's well worth watching. <laughs> Better than the Red Direct? <laughs> it was, actually. <laughs> it was spectacular. Well, speaking of the Moniz family,
1: why yeah. don't we bust into the NSSA Nationals here in Southern California? Sure. And in North America, they had the North American NSSA National Championships. And I actually watched some of it. I couldn't believe it, but I think it was over July 4th or 3rd. I was in lockdown mode over the weekend at my house. It's rookie time of the year at the beaches around where I live. So I stay away and the waves were crappy. So anyway, I watched some of the NSSA Nationals. Did you watch any of it? Nope. Oh, it was pretty cool. It was actually... um, We've really changed roles here. Well, (laughs) I just happened to tune in because I figured we'd talk about it. I wanted to see it. So I saw this resurf. There was a resurf and I apologize because I can't remember the names of the two guys but there was some controversy. So these two guys had to go out and resurf. One of the guys names is Flynn something and the other I can't, McGill. Flynn McGill and the other guy's is another Hawaiian guy and I apologize I just can't remember his name. He, they were in the juniors division and whoever won this heat was going to go on to the finals. Okay. Surfing a man on man final. And um, this, the guy who won the heat who beat Flynn McGill literally sat on him and they both paddled for the very first wave that came in it was the only wave that came in and they both paddled like right next to each other like madmen like it was a full scrum and it was whoever got to their feet first and the guy in yellow the other guy got to his feet first and rode the wave and got like a seven so he paddles back out, and it was inconsistent hunting, so he's sitting right next to him, shoulder to shoulder again with Flynn. Again, the only wave of a one-wave set comes in. Again, they both turn and paddle like madmen. Again, the guy in yellow has more volume on his board, catches the wave. Flynn like, tries to like kind of fall off into him to try to get an interference or something. He can't do it. The guy rides the wave all the way in, gets another seven, paddles back out, sits right next to him. It was pretty fascinating, man-on-man, like hassling. You know, It made me think, gosh, you know, I know nobody likes hassling in surf contests. We want to see you guys win. But in this particular instance, when you're getting one wave sets and whoever catches the wave basically wins the contest or that heat. And there's no priority. There's no priority. It was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. It adds a lot of uh, competitive interest to it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. No, I did not watch that. And I'm assuming if his name is Finn, that it's Finn McGill, because that's the only Finn I know in that circuit. Yeah, But there might be others. Yeah, I think you're right. That
1: sounds right. So Seth Moniz, to get back to the Moniz segue, Seth Moniz uh, versus Mickey Clark in the finals of the Open Men's. His brother last year, I forget his name. um, Josh. Josh Moniz won this event. And this year, Seth Moniz uh, winning the Open Men's. And Seth Moniz, as you recall, Peter Townend has him pegged as a potential world champion now. Um, Strider Wazalewski was down there. He posted a photo of himself next to a big banner that had every past winner of each division. So since 1981, the winners of um, the Open Men's, the Open Juniors, the Open Boys, and the Open Mini Grom. All of those names since way back when, There's, I estimated it and I kind of half counted it up. To be about 125 names on that board. How many of those 125 names, which are our national champions, how many of those went on to become world champions?
0: Oh, gosh. Two? Four. Okay. Kelly and Tom, I would think. Kelly and Tom
1: and CJ, who was a national champion. Sure. And Andy Irons, who I'm throwing in there, even though he would be a Hawaiian, at least in their... Vernacular, and you might not consider him a North American in the sure. surf space. So if you don't consider Andy Irons, there's only three. Yeah. So my question to you is, and it's the same question I ask you all the time, but is North American surfing soft? I mean, is the NSSA broken? Is the WSA broken? Is our surfing competition broken here?
0: Yes, they're soft. Or okay.
1: is it because we've been dominated by Kelly Slater, so it's really kind of a skewed ratio. Three out of 125 out of 31 years We've only had, or more, we've only had three North American champions. That doesn't seem good.
0: No, it doesn't. And you're right, Kelly's thrown off the average for sure. But I think, yes, we're soft, but no, that system isn't necessarily broken. I think... So it's a larger
1: issue with North American general entitled beach kids that just get everything and they just don't have the drive that like a blue-collar Australian from,
0: you know... Maro- marimbula or yeah. whatever no, has you know that is the exact point that i was gonna make i watched um a documentary this past week called red army have you seen this or heard no of it? but i want to it's about the russian hockey teams back in like the 80s and stuff awesome yeah where it's like they're in this um you know this rugged landscape that with in a communist country where they start them at three years old, put them in these training camps, and just work them to the bone. These guys never get a day off, and they're just animals. Yeah. You know, they are they are basically not even animals, they're machines right. who are just gonna kill. Communist machine. Exactly. <laughs> and then they and then they come over and play against Wayne Gretzky and these guys making millions of dollars, banging tons of chicks, <laughs> you know? And it's like literally literally would beat the American teams 25 to one, you know, which in hockey is just, nobody scores 25 goals. And that like, it was unreal. And then, um, I mean, a lot of people probably know the story, so I don't need to really retell it, but it's like, eventually Americans are able to, bring over one of those Russians, pay him a decent amount of money, but he doesn't quite fit in with the American team. But then they get another Russian. Eventually they get five Russians on a team and then they take over. And now their way of playing has infiltrated our system and the americans have benefited from a lot of their coaching technique training technique blah 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 blah. blah. that's cool but it's the same thing that we're seeing now so that's called red army documentary it's worth watching yeah um but now we're seeing that with we've seen it with the australians but now we're seeing it with the brazilians to an extent and the brazilians don't have the same training regimen but they have the same drive that that i'm talking about here where it's like you just have to work for it. Your equipment sucks. Your environment sucks. But... How with, bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Right. You know? And I think, you know, if
1: we can as Americans... So who's at fault? Do you think it's the surf industry, the big players that are like, hey, Luke Davis, don't worry about winning. Just go out and shred and look good on Instagram and you're you're good. Like it, To an extent, yeah. You know, who who is at fault? Is there any way to right the ship or are we just going to be happy with
0: mediocrity i think um a little of both i think luke davis he can i'm make just a li- using him as an example he can make a living doing what he's doing and he doesn't and who cares like reef is happy they're making they're selling um sandals and shirts or sh- uh, shoes based off of what he's doing well, i mean if, and if, so if they're who fun. cares
1: is the attitude then why do we
0: even have the nssa like because that's a different program the nssa is for competitive track surfers Yeah, and i know luke but they're failing Right? Yeah. Wouldn't you argue that they're failing? But so Luke doesn't fit into that.
1: Equation. No, I agree with that. I, but yeah. my point is, is, is if the industry's like, hey man, everyone's happy, you're doing, you're ripping, just keep ripping, play guitar, blah blah blah. If that's what the industry's uh, messaging is, then why does the NSA even exist? Like, well, why isn't the industry like, damn it, we need a world champion? If we, if we don't have a world champion. We're useless, you know, because the industry doesn't care, and I don't blame them. From a
0: business standpoint, I get it. Right. They're selling product; they don't need the NSSA. They don't need a world champion. You know, here's what they got to do: is those guys who are coming up in the NSSA, like the Moniz brothers and um, whoever else. They have to, the the they handlers have to. around them really need to manage that, and the companies. I think there is danger in paying those sixteen year old kids two hundred grand a year for surfing. You know what I mean? There's yeah. da- there's inherent Shorty danger Smith in that syndrome. Exactly. And so, is Jordy Smith ever going to be a world champion? Come on, now. we've talked about this. <laughs> okay. I don't want to get Just into. That. So um, the Moniz parents, you know, what is it, Tony and Tammy, need to manage that income give the kid an allowance basically and be like, Hey, this is all going into an account that you won't see until whatever the date is. And until you become and, a world champion, yeah, hit the gym. In the meantime, hit the gym right? and we'll make sure that you're, that you have a rental car when you land in South Africa to surf Bolito or whatever, Yeah, but hit the gym and, uh, watch your diet in between. And that's, that's the only way to do it. Make them work for it. You know?
1: Well, it's an interesting thing. I mean, uh, I just don't see any hope for, again, Seth Moniz would be considered a Hawaiian. He wouldn't be considered a North American champion, so to speak.
0: I'll take it. I'll claim him, though, as a North. Like, if he wins, I'm claiming him as my own.
1: Okay, but he's not claiming you. He's claiming <laughs> I don't need Hawaiian. his
0: claim. Okay. I got a so microphone. Well, then he why doesn't not, have a microphone. Why not, just,
1: why not just claim Mick Fanning, then? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's
0: not part of the United States hawaii right, but is there's hawaii in the surf space i'm not talking about surf space it's the, the yeah, surf- we are.
1: we're talking about the surf competition when it's Sur- when it benefits
0: me it's part of the surf oh, space okay, and when no. it doesn't it is sound like so. one of these entitled punks from socal i am from socal so. are you an entitled punk uh let's sp- cut to the chase speaking of no speaking of hawaiian <laughs> surfers you want to talk about the NFLer who just wants to shred
1: yeah Let's talk about that because that's BS.
0: Is it? Yeah. Uh, what's the story?
1: The story is that it was reported that Marcus Mariota, the first round draft pick, he went to the Tennessee Titans, that he wasn't, he was the second pick overall, that he wasn't going to sign with the Tennessee Titans because he wanted to surf. There's a no surfing clause and like a no rock climbing clause. And there's these clauses that basically say, look, if you sign with us, we don't want you doing stupid stuff like high diving or whatever. And... Um, The report was that Marcus Mariota wasn't gonna sign it because he wanted to go surfing. When in fact, the reason he didn't sign it is because of this thing called offset salary, which is in your fourth year, if you get traded to another team, which of those two teams, the team trading you or the team getting you has to pay that fourth year salary. And there's some issues that are sort of too in depth to discuss at this level, but it had nothing to do with not surfing. That was just something somebody Clombed onto and the entire world went on. Marcus Mariota doesn't surf.
0: Oh, FYI, I know that. He
1: doesn't even ride waves. Okay. Now, he's from he Hawaii. He probably body surfs at, you know, Makabu sure. or whatever. But my point is, is that, and by the way, he's, in, you know, even if he did surf, he's a smart enough kid that he wouldn't
0: jeopardize his whole future 24, 24 million dollar four-year contract to ride a,
1: you know like guess yeah. what you're going to be able to surf eventually whatever right like drew Brees surfs you right. know, it's not that hard right um so anyway that's a bs story that that was debunked like the next day
0: so here's that's kind of i agree with you like the surf world ran with that prematurely as not you just the surf world it was picked up probably the
1: inertia threw it out there and it got, <laughs> it got picked up by like you know who you know the daily mirror in the uk and yeah stuff like that.
0: well you and i often like to talk about stories become before they become substantiated so oh yeah but i, I don't we're want a podcast. to yeah and we we always we're use the word different. we always use the word assuming we're held to a very different standard our own standard that <laughs> really? has no standards a very low one <laughs> we have none um but here's my question to God you is like
1: podcasting
0: here's my question to you yes sir should contracts um for elite athletes stipulate how they spend their recreational time like should should hurley be telling john john florence that he can't go skate
1: no because that's you know that's in that's john john's dna is to skate he's a skater he's a surfer like hurley's a skate company i mean they're a youth lifestyle company they're like dude go to go to Friggin' Coachella you know like wear your Hurley shit we're all about that well that's very different no my point is is it's youth lifestyle anything that's youth lifestyle is like go do that yeah, that's
0: what you're all about now the, the, the if, odds if of him was, getting, getting injured at Coachella are a lot slimmer unless it's STD contraction or well, something well no that's but, my
1: point like at Coachella you, could get, you know there could be an Instagram photo of John John doing some sure. drugs okay, or something okay. you know and that could maybe but Hurley's probably like nah dude youth lifestyle run with it right. you know let's make fun of it you yeah know, like, yeah Again, yeah. we're not spreading rumors about John John. We're just using this as a uh, I'm
0: just, I'm just saying John hypothetical John's a, situation. John John's a fantastic skater, and he could pretty easily take a slam in the bowl. Well, he's already hurt himself. But he hurt himself surfing, coincidentally. By the way, is he out of J-Bay? J now, that is controversial. He is not officially withdrawn. I checked this morning. But in a little interview that Brett Simpson did with Peter King that they put up I on Stab, that. he's selecting his—Brett's selecting his fantasy team, and he goes, Oh, can't put John John because he's injured. And then Fantasy Surfer put out a tweet that said, stand by, we're,
1: oh. we're going to find out. And so okay. I took him off my team. Okay. Yeah. It. Uh, I don't know. Officially, we don't know. Back to Marcus Mariota and okay. contracts. Okay. Um, the answer is it depends. It's a case-by-case situation, sure. right? Yeah, you know? totally. Now, if Marcus Mariota was a surfer and this came up, I'm sure he would... No, they would negotiate the contract so that he could surf in the off season, but not during the season
0: or Here's what I would argue, is that surfing is actually beneficial to your football um, athletics. Like, surfing's a perfect cross-training sport with actually pretty low risk there's of injury. There's
1: certainly more, you know, there's a higher risk of, of injury like, you know, pumping iron, I would Running. imagine. Running. Running, yes. you'll do more damage to your body than you will surfing. Riding you know? a bike on the streets. Totally. The busy streets of SoCal. Totally. Yeah, so case-by-case case situation. Um, yeah. Regarding surfers, should there be clauses? Can you think of a, a good... What what clause would you put on John John? No. Uh,
0: I remember hearing about Kelly having some alcohol drinking clause in his contract back in the day. Like, you, you're not allowed...
1: A, he's never been a drinker.
0: Well, I know that he never has just... But I remember reading at some point that it was actually written in the clause like he wasn't allowed to drink during... The world title rush, you know, <laughs> or whatever. That, was, that might have been Aki's contract. <laughs> oh. Or it should
1: have been. Brutal. <laughs> Who knows? I mean. Aki. Look, it's part of their culture. Yeah. No, ins- it is.
0: I, I, yeah. I mean, I again, I that was really not substantial. I can't
1: think of any situation, any surf, like what, there's no surfer that I can say, hey, we've got to put this in his claws so he doesn't do that so he doesn't blow it. Yeah. You know, like, it's it's just kind of hard to, Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what that would be. Yeah, I don't either. But, you know, we're not investing $24 million a year in a guy like Tennessee no, Titans are.
0: But I agree with you in theory that it's like, look, this is a lifestyle and these things are part of the lifestyle and I don't want to inhibit. It's sort of like when you go to the airport and you check in and you're like,
1: and, and, you, and, and the airport people say, okay, well, surfboards are 150 bucks, but golf clubs are free. Right, and you're like, what? And yeah. so I, I get the sense that they kind of lump surfing in with all of these like extreme sports. Or you know, they're like no wingsuit flying, right? You know, no rock climbing without a tether, and no surfing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. They just kind of lump it in there.
0: Well, in regard to injuries at J Bay, Jeremy Flores officially withdrew um, based on the injury he sustained that we discussed in our last show. So Jeremy's out. Alejo is back in. So Alejo is going to make a run. Basically, he's kicked off the tour this year, but he's got a bunch of wild card spots. Those points contribute towards his total to qualify for next year. And he won the Bolito event, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So Alejo Alejo's is definitely spicy. dangerous. Yeah,
1: I would say he's dangerous. He's pissed. He's got nothing to lose. He's going to go into Jay Bay after you know a bunch of confidence from winning just yesterday or the day before the Bolito event. So, and I. I've got him as my uh, wild card or my stand in or whatever it is. The, oh yeah. Alternate. Alternate. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but I, he's
0: not on my team, but well, I do have Dane Reynolds. I, I put Dane on my team too. Yeah. Um, so Dane, by the way, fantasy surfer is what Scott and I are talking about. dot com, And then we have a clubhouse. It's the surf splendor clubhouse. You're welcome to join and play against us for free. There's about 250 members, but also Note, I'm kicking David's ass in that clubhouse. We don't want to talk about that. <laughs> and uh there's also we have a wager going on if you want to contribute ten dollars again you could play for free but if you want a wager you can do that it's ten bucks per event winner takes all and um you could do it through PayPal and just send the payment to hello at surf Make sure that you write your name, your handle, your fantasy surfer name with your payment. I've gotten a couple of payments with no name and I have to follow up with an email and ask what your name is. And then secondly, there was a couple of people in Fiji who are playing on the world surf leagues, fantasy pool, fantasy team, not fantasy surfer.com. So, that was their mistake. I'm applying those payments now for this event. So, just I want to make sure you play fantasysurfer.com, is where we're playing. And all of this information is on surfsplendorpodcast.com. There's a fantasy surfer tab um, on the menu. Go there, it gives you all this information in case you didn't. Pick it up right now, as I said it. But um, definitely play against Scott and I. This is the first time in the season he's been ahead of me. By the way, no, it don't, isn't the it first is. time in the season. I've yeah. beaten you three out of five events. Heck no. Yes, yes. Look at the whatever a points. Whatever points I accumulated in the first couple events trumped your three events. So I was ahead of you in the rankings up until now. Uh, I don't think that's so. the truth. I'm
1: not. I'm not convinced of that. You don't
0: even check in on this. I do stuff. too. You check like every two. Dude, months. I'm sending you money right now. I'm you already paid. For pay- this, I paid for this one. Yeah. Oh, okay, kill it. No, saying- well, you paid for two events prior oh, to Fiji, okay. so I applied it to this oh, event. Good. Okay. Unless you're paying for the women in Fiji. Hell no. Is that what
1: you were doing? No, nothing wrong with women surfing, but I just don't follow it. That by the way, it's like there's what are there 12 girls? It's not that hard. You got to pick six or something. I think it's evident that Scott hates women surfing. <laughs> no, so. it's not. I love women surfing. I'm just not convinced women's competitive surfing is my t- cup of tea. Discuss this at your next no ma'am meeting. (laughs) No ma'am. I see here that uh, Grubby Clark, legendary Gordon Clark of Clark foam fame is being inducted into the Surfer's Hall of Fame this summer. So congratulations to one of the saltiest characters out there, Gordon Clark, um, a guy who basically sort of carried and owned the surfboard industry for about 30 years. And um, he's going to be inducted here in hb your very own huntington beach
0: how about that yeah big news all right you don't you don't like that story i do like that story i got i'm cool with it all right um what's going on with reddit dude uh i don't know i've kind of um we didn't rory parker right he
1: he writes for um beach grit he asked david and i to be on reddit this week sometime i think thursday wednesday wednesday
0: ask me anything
1: ask me anything on reddit and i i don't even know what really what it is but i guess people just throw questions at us and we answer them throughout the day and it's just a type it's a typewriter it's a type <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how old i am i use the word typewriter <laughs> that's a typewriter <laughs> I don't know. but we just, we just message in our answers right i'm gonna
0: send smoke signals actually what do you mean oh <laughs> That's super old school. I'm going to hire a plane to fly by with the banner. <laughs> I'm going to be it. using my typewriter. Damn it! <laughs> um, so, I'll send you a page by the way when we're ready to do this to your pager. You know, oh, you oh, <laughs> anyway, we're on Reddit, I guess, on Wednesday. Are we
1: really doing this? Because I haven't. I don't know You're what. It, one, it, what are we supposed to do? Like, so I, actually, I need Rory to kind of step up and babysit us through this. Okay. I, I'm not really sure what to do.
0: For the listeners, do I have to log in? No. You, I mean, you just create an account and answer like you're one of the other people asking the question i'm pretty sure is how it works so reddit does this thing called ask me anything where they have experts in a given field by the way scott and i are now experts in surfing (laughs) um typewriting so experts in a field and um the users of reddit can log on and ask anything ask me anything uh president obama did it at some point and they've had um the guys from Beach Grit do one. Matt Warshaw did one. And uh, so I think we're third in line, dude.
1: Well, it's funny because I went on. I, I actually, you know, when you and I were rapping about it on Facebook, I um, I went on there and there's some hullabaloo about Reddit and they fired some um, volunteer moderator. And now a lot of the Reddit subcategories are just closed because the moderators are all up in arms mm. and they all basically boycotted. And mm. I don't know. Did you see any of that? No, I didn't. You know,
0: do you use Reddit? Maybe? No, obviously I don't. I don't yeah. know anything about it. Yeah. So, well, for the listeners who want to ask anything, the idea is it's kind of like um, like if you had a radio call-in show and you get callers, you know, that call live. It's like that basically. Just like instead of calling, they're just submitting questions. Um, so, ask me anything Wednesday morning on Reddit. Be there or be square. Scott and I might not even be there, so <laughs> we'll be the squares. I, 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 you know, I want to do it. I'm just yeah, no, I'm, i, I'm, I
1: it's, it's as easy as just whenever We just log in mm-hmm. every hour and answer a question.
0: Okay. Yeah, basically, people submit. I mean, if it was. If we were as popular as Obama, we would set a two hour window and sit in front of the computer and just answer questions rapid fire. But I don't think we're that popular. So will questions can come in from 8 a.m. onward, I think, throughout the day, and then you and I just check in periodically and answer whatever questions have popped up.
1: On Wednesday. Yeah,
0: so if you wanna know what Scott looks like in a Speedo or something like that, he can take a photo in the mirror and send it to you on Reddit.
1: That's probably not Uh, gonna happen. Well,
0: whatever they wanna know, dude. (laughs) Uh, what else I got kooks and dukes and must see moments what do you got I got a ton more oh do you yeah I mean um, shark attacks have skyrocketed David
1: in the uh, month of June crazy yes and it is kind of crazy really I mean there was a couple of those attacks in North Carolina where two kids got their arms bitten off in two days yeah um, another one on July 1st um, in the Outer Banks a 68 year old man was attacked he was swimming he wasn't surfing then there was this um Another incident in Australia where they were thinking about shutting down the Skullcandy Oz Grom Open, which is a pretty big junior event in Australia. There was um, an, in Ballina, Balina, I think it is, Ballina, East Ballina, there was a big shark attack. Um, this guy got mauled. I think he, a bodyboarder. boarder, um, he's in critical condition still on the Gold Coast. Um and so they were thinking about wow we just had the shark attack just um you know half a mile down the beach we might want to close off or yeah um, stop this event um, from happening but um, they went on with the event and nobody got hurt
0: there was two in two days in South Africa as well in the last couple of weeks there's been a bunch of sightings in right around Huntington Beach um and they caught a they caught a great white off the pier at San Clemente did they really yeah how big.
1: An eight-foot great white.
0: Crazy.
1: Off the pier in San Clemente. What the heck is going on, yeah. dude? So there's been a lot of shark mojo. It seems like there every summer there is. Of course, the shark attacks in North Carolina um, are crazy, but they happen a lot on right. that eastern seaboard because the bull sharks come in real close. Some are suggesting that because of the oil spill, the BP oil spill in the Gulf, that the lower part of the food chain has been decimated and because of that the whole upcycle of how the food chain reacts has moved up a level and so basically sharks are coming in closer than they ever have and they're extra aggressive because they're extra hungry because there's not their normal food source isn't there and and it's this sort of trickle-down effect
0: Hmm. yeah
1: but i don't know i'm no expert
0: yeah interesting though um kind of scary like i mean with all the activity that's just been happening in orange county nobody's been bitten but Definitely scary. I've surfed my whole life and in different parts of the world and stuff. I've never actually seen a shark in the lineup. Have you? I've never seen a shark. And I've
1: seen um, like a little coral shark out at Cloud Break before. Okay. But, you know, I'm talking three feet, two feet. very small.
0: You know, okay. the mouth like that. Okay.
1: Um, I've picked up a baby great white shark at Cardiff Reef one time. Why? Because it was... It was swimming in the lineup and swimming around with us, and eventually it came into the shore at a low tide situation, and and I had the opportunity to just grab it. It was probably three feet long and pick it up, and some lady took a picture of it, and everybody on the beach went ooh ah, and I put it back down, and it swam around through the lineup. It was so cute. It was a baby, crazy dude, a small little baby. It was a, a you know just like a puppy, you know, and yeah. it was it was very active and swam with all of us, and then just took off, and people kind of paddled up paddled off with it you know to see where it went why i mean if there's a baby shark in the lineup
0: there might be a mama shark this was
1: only two months after um a gentleman may i think his name was david martin was killed by a massive great white shark at at tabletops which is right next to seaside reef which is only a mile and a half down the beach from where i picked up this baby so that was a time i don't even remember the year i want to say it was like oh six or oh seven or something like that
0: hmm there really was a tempting. lot of
1: shark mojo going on in San Diego at that time. Yeah. Really tempting fate, dude. No, I was in, I was on the beat. I was in knee deep water or less and it was super crystal clear. And this thing was, Do it you, wasn't tempting. I don't tempt fate.
0: Do you remember, <laughs> you know, that, um, comic strip it's called far side. Yes. It's one panel, Yes. you know, and it just has like one image and then like a caption underneath, maybe a word bubble or two in the screen. So I remember seeing this far side comic a long time ago. And, um, there's a it's a beach scene there's a bunch of families on the beach with umbrellas and stuff and they're all running towards the water and in the water there's a shark with a word bubble and the sharks yelling at the beach bear bear <laughs> <laughs> so everybody on the beach is running into the water yeah you know? wow. I always thought that was pretty funny um I, I did
1: I do have some insight about the bolito pro and um i I don't know maybe we talk about this too much but um you know the the Belita Pro from what I saw it was a lot of aerials a lot of um high action small wave surfing going on and I kept going back to Owen Wright's victory at Fiji at the Fiji Pro so I want to revisit this idea of majors of the WSL incorporating major tournaments um here we are it's Wimbledon week the last two weeks I've I've been watching Wimbledon tennis that's a major golf has four majors tennis has four majors surfing it seems could have four majors um Obviously, the Fiji event is a major event, you know, 8 to 12 foot beautiful. I mean, the surfing that the guys that won the Bolito Pro probably were going to smoke mm-hmm. Owen Wright during the Bolito Pro. Sure. It was windswell, two foot crap slop, and they were busting one air and getting through their heats. And I'm not taking away anything from Owen's air game because I know he does have one. But, but he's a professional surfer, you know, a, a large physical specimen that can ride 12 to 15 foot. Cloud Break or Chopu or Pipeline and absolutely dominate the guys that won the Bolido Pro. Yep. I would suggest to you that he could dominate Alejo Muniz, although Alejo's a great surfer and, and a CT quality surfer. Um, so these major events, um, I just think it would add a little... Um, you know, it would add some... I don't want to say spice. It would just add some cachet, I guess, to the tour if they had... Cloud Break and Chopu and pipeline, pipeline for sure, and then the fourth one is <clears throat> J Bay. We maybe could, that's the what I have on my list is J Bay. Yeah, but it's got to be a wave where it's like, okay, this separates the men from the boys. Yeah. I'm not sure if J Bay separates the men from. It's definitely a technically difficult wave to surf. Yeah, it's not belido. Yeah, uh, so and, and and it has the sort of legacy that you would want. So it's definitely J Bay is like at the top of the list. We I can't would, think of another one on tour that's better than J Bay. We would need J Bay just to offset the
0: barreling left handers. Exactly.
1: No, you hand. you have absolutely nailed it i don't think it should be lowers i don't think that's a major yeah um but so those majors and, and then my concept is because they're majors they have a longer waiting period yeah especially for the finals the finals have to be taken you know they need to take place in super high quality so the majors um they get more points towards the tour they get more money and they get a longer waiting period. And these are our four majors, and they're a big deal because of that. And I just think it's something the WSL should look into. And I think it's worthy. I think our sport deserves it. And and it's something I've been talking about for at least 10 years. It's I've yeah. always Because I'm a golf fan and I'm a tennis fan, I've always felt that surfing should consider having a major.
0: I think it's a great step in the right direction. And I think you um, solved one of my concerns by extending the waiting period, which is just... If Fiji was a major and then we got the conditions and swell that we got last year, you know, where it was shoulder high, that would be a problem. The whole world is watching, waiting to see the major. The people who normally don't watch surfing are now going to watch it because it's a major and then it's shoulder high. You know, that yeah, would not be great.
1: No, we, and, and, you know, the commissioner sort of needs to tailor when and why he runs the, you know, preliminary rounds based on, what are we going to get at the end of this yeah. thing? And all eyes should be on the end of it, finishing in. And look, there's going to be times when it just doesn't work out, no matter how hard you try. Sure, but, but uh, it's a
0: step in the right direction. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, all right. Well, what else do you got? I got musty moments and cooks and dukes. Unless you got more, I, I'm I'm ready for you. All right, my musty moment. Yes. Fits in with me talking about filmmaking for the first half of the show. Yes. Kyle Boothman's Brainwork series goes two for two. You introduced us to his first video that he did with Anthony Tashnik a while ago. Um, Kyle Boothman's a Santa Cruz surfer and filmmaker. Came out of like the Quicksilver sponsored surf scene. And I don't know if he's still with them anymore. But um, developed an interest in filmmaking as well. And he made a movie or um a little documentary type film on Anthony Tashnick 3 months ago called Brainwork and um I didn't know that it was going to be a recurring series but he just released a second episode and it features surf photographer Nelly uh Santa Cruz surf photographer Nelly and it's done Dave Nelson yeah done kind of to the same specs as um the first part was just really well made Cool little documentary piece. A lot of interviews with Nelly and the, all the people around Nelly that have worked with him. Documents his early work, um, how he got into photography. Gives a lot of props to Tony Roberts, who's another um, Santa Cruz filmmaker and photographer that's... I was friendly. just going to
1: bring Tony Roberts up. I, he's he's posted this cool photo of him using those shapeshifter mm-hmm. tails that David Barr made.
0: Yeah. Did you see that yeah. on Facebook? Yeah.
1: It'll be interesting because he's really good at sort of... Um, capturing and then showing us you know what he's doing in the water Mm -hmm. as well as behind the lens but i'm looking forward to see how that shapeshifter. he he had like 10 tails
0: 10 different tails for one board it was kind of cool i'm gonna see i'm going down there staying with tony oh really on saturday you're
1: you're tight with tony oh you're going down soon oh
0: i'm gonna get the full rundown then yeah i'm gonna see the shapeshifter in action good all right well that'll be interesting um yeah so this brain work thing again just a step yeah. in the right direction in terms of what we're our lament about surf filmmaking, Kyle Boothman's nailing it. And and why is that? Like when you when you Story. Right, exactly. It's He's all story. excavating a
1: personality. Yep. You know? And and so I think really you have a couple of options. You're like, I can excavate a personality. I can just get surf porn and show you the greatest surfing ever. Um can I do both? Maybe in a longer format situation you can if you get lucky, but Um, Or I can tell a documentary story based on, you know, the surf industry and the drug
0: trade in 1975 or whatever. Um, But the answer to your question of where does surf film go from here? I think the answer is story. Like, Kyle's using the implements of good quality equipment, cameras or whatever. I think he uses the red cam as well. And then good quality surfing. Those are the raw material. And now... Give me a really interesting storyline as well. And it doesn't have to be long form. It could be a three minute or a one minute film in, even, you know? I don't know if
1: you, if you can do a story can. in one minute. I think you can, totally. Because what makes a good story, right? Conflict. So we need to introduce character, create conflict, and resolve the conflict. Maybe not resolve it, but ideally leave the the viewer questioning what the resolution is. That's hard to do in a minute, man. I think it's doable. It's it's very difficult. I'm not saying it's not doable. Um but I think to really flat like when you go okay this is a great story well if it's a great story you've got to do it there's way more than a minute's worth of, of build up
0: to it because you there's yeah. you know there's I'm not asking for great I'm just asking for conflict resolution if you're gonna give me this red directing and it's six minutes long right there's a lot of potential that's unfulfilled there I would agree with that so, and I think we both talked about that. Yeah. So, Kyle Boothman, slam dunk, musty moment. It'll be on surfsplenderpodcast.com. Shout out to Nelly and, of course, Tony.
1: By the way, oh, my musty moment is the one we already talked about, which is K. K. How do you say her name? Kalia Moniz. Kalia. Kalia Moniz wiping out at Chopu. It's insane. You got to Go see, see it. it.
0: It is definitely a must see.
1: Now, my um, Duke Kahanamoku of the week is myself. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Damn straight. Okay. Explain. Because I am, along with Damian Hobgood and Sean Thompson, I'm partaking in the 100 Wave Challenge. In September, I'm going to catch 100 waves, of raising money for the Boys to Men Mentoring Program, which is this great program in San Diego and around the world, I'm finding out that um, mentors uh, boys that don't have fathers that are taking their life into the wrong direction, uh, making choices that are going to affect them for the rest of their lives. And uh, these mentors um, help to guide kids along the right path. Um, these Some of these boys don't even know how to take a nail out of a log. You know They were never told, hey, take the hammer, use the claw, and use the leverage. Don't just pull up on it. You need to use the leverage. Simple things. Um, but anyway, I'm going to be catching 100 waves, and I need your help. So go to 100wave.org. And search for me and anyone else. You can give money to Damien Hobgood or Sean Thompson, but I'm asking for a dollar a wave. So, if you are so inclined, and certainly, obviously, you don't have to, but if you want to help me as I raise money for this great um, Boys to Men mentoring program, one hundred wave org. Search for my name, and you can all the information. You can give inf- uh, give your information there to, on how to give money.
0: Awesome. Good job. That's been a great program. You've been involved for a number of years, and. Seems to they do great work. Seems to be yeah great really cause. Good. So my Duke, gentleman by the name of Kurt Harper,
1: ah uh, the I, world's this, oldest. This is grum. a guy who didn't this, this. is a great story. Like the this world's is, oldest Grom. Yeah, I've heard about this guy. I haven't yet completely followed it, but did you I heard watch, it's a tearjerker?
0: It is. Did you watch the documentary? No, I need to watch. Okay, it. this thing. I mean, it could be a must see moment. We should have spent the whole hour talking about this thing. Or maybe we need to next time. Yeah, this is the Duke. For sure. Not only of the week. I mean, this guy's the Duke, period. Right on. Kurt I gotta Harper. I got to check this out. This guy's 50 years old or something. Um, Autistic? Suffers from autism. Yeah. And I've seen him around over time, and I've heard a lot of different opinions about him over time um, from different parents and stuff, but he hangs out at the NSSA surf contest religiously. Like He's just a fixture there, but he's a 50-year-old dude, and he's high-fiving kids, spending time with with a lot of the kids driving kids to and from the beach in his van and stuff and so a lot of the parents who don't know him have a lot of apprehension about who is this older dude is, hanging out the, with all the, is kids. the apprehension part of the story yeah oh, good. yeah they interview a lot of the parents oh, and stuff but he's been around the scene for 20 plus years you know and um in the documentary they even interviewed guys like dane reynolds and dane reynolds is like yeah man kurt's been around the scene since i was a kid he used to give me a ride to the beach when i was a kid wow kurt used to give dane a ride and and everybody in between like he's just a fixture and again i've seen him and i've talked to parents over the years and they were always again some of them are like he's harmless he's a great guy well this documentary it's about a 20 minute documentary really gets into the heart of kurt Interviews his family, interviews kids that grew up with him, like Dane, um, and even kids now. And he is just the most genuine, lovable, loving guy. He he lives in Santa Monica. He works for William Morris Talent Agency in the mailroom. He's the longest employee that's been employed there, you know, in the mailroom <laughs> since William Morris. Just runs the show there, basically. Right. Um, but he's fully functioning, like high level. Like he um, he. Drives, gets himself around, pays all his own bills. He lives in a guest room behind his parents' house. His parents, hearing his parents talk about them and uh, talk about him and when he got diagnosed with autism as a child is just heartbreaking. You know, one of the first doctors who diagnosed basically said, look, you guys got to institutionalize him and he'll never live a normal life. And they just said, F you. <laughs> We're not going to institutionalize our son. And thankfully, they got second opinions and stuff. Um But he lives the most fulfilling lifestyle out of anybody you know. Like this guy, Kurt, has more happiness and joy in his life than anybody you and I know and surfs all the time. He still actually surfs in the NSSA events, you know, and gets trophies and stuff. (laughs) And um, he's he's really into trains. So he goes in train watching. He's got a police scanner. So he's really interested in just like hearing what's going on and you know, what, wow. with with the police department in <laughs> San, Like, it's just the most interesting, compelling character ever. Wow. So, the documentary is called Kurt, the story of the world's oldest Grom. We'll have it on surfsplendorpodcast.com. Kurt Harper, Duke of the Week. Well, that's cool.
1: I look forward to seeing that. I, I, did, I have heard a lot of great things about this Kurt character. Yeah. Um, my kook of the week is um, a guy you know. Me. I'm the kook. God. I am your kook for asking people to give me money for the Boys to Men mentoring program. But I'm going to go out there and say, do it again. Um, even though it's a kooky move, I normally don't ask for money, but um, this is going to a great cause. 100wave.org. You're,
0: you need to, you're not trying at all anymore when it comes to Duke and kook, man. You're just phoning it in. And I like how you set it up. He's a guy that you might know. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a local radio show host. You may have heard of him. His name's Scott Vance. I hate to go out on a low moment with a kook after, you know, the Kurt Harper story. Uh, Michael Thompson.
1: Oh, God. That guy's sad.
0: Michael Thompson. He's sick.
1: He's not a bad man. He's a sick man.
0: I know. And that's kind of... Spiritually
1: ill. He's spiritually ill. That's kind of... I'm almost embarrassed to... He's not bad. He's not
0: a bad man. No, no, no. And I'm embarrassed to even call him a kook because I don't really want to add more pain on top of it. Yeah. But let's just... We got a report on the story.
1: Yeah, he got busted for selling cocaine or, pretend, or allegedly uh, having cocaine in his possession for sale. Yep. Baggies, cup, I don't a know, a couple ounces, a no, scale. 52
0: grams of cocaine. Yeah. Um, he's been busted in the past for two felony DUI counts in Laguna. So he got arrested recently in Laguna. Michael Thompson, by the way, cousin of Sean Thompson, founder of Gotcha, gotcha. Um, clothing brand a big back wig in the, in the
1: surfing industry but a guy who's got an addictive personality and is this you know he's in my opinion he's well i'm not going to say what he is or what he isn't but but i agree with you he's he's sick he's not a bad person trying to get good he's a sick person trying to get well
0: i like it and michael i'm not going to call him a kook based on what you said but selling drugs is a kooky That's move. That's
1: a friggin' total kook move.
0: So let's not um, there, glorify. So here's my conflict: is like, do we talk about this stuff? Do we not? And with the Andy, sixty years old, with I mean. the Andy Irons thing that went down, there was a lot of controversy of people should have talked about it when they didn't, and blah blah blah. So I'm kind of taking the stance that look, let's not glorify, let's not shame, let's just point out that this is taking place. Selling drugs is definitely a kooky move. This person needs help. Let's get this person the help they need. Let's not give them a long leash and allow them to perpetuate the damaging habit, you know? Yeah. And so a little public shame might do okay to serve that effort. And uh, that's all I got. Yeah, you know, um,
1: speaking of Andy Irons... um, Axel Irons that little son of his is the cutest thing ever. Have you seen the Instagrams that Lindy puts out I on do, him? He, yeah, is, yeah. he just like he's bombing his street on a skateboard. <laughs> he's just a full classic little toehead grom, man. And he was at the NSSA Nationals like high-fiving Seth Moniz. somebody like br- you know brought him
0: up to the guy and gave yeah. him a big high five and
1: I'm a big fan of this little kid. It's he's rad, cool Yeah, kid. Lindy's doing a good job with that.
0: Um by the way, where does that term toehead come from? I've always wondered that
1: white as a toe you know it's like if you got a a toe heads like a white white haired
0: but only white people have white toes
1: i i don't know that's my
0: horrible definition but your toe is no more white than your finger yeah or other parts of your body you know what you got me so it's like i no but i've always wondered that too it's like toe head like towing like the line or like i i like i don't even get it but uh we gotta Maybe we'll do some research and figure that we out. We should try to figure out where the how Toehead came about. I'm, Somebody I'm, knows. I'm always interested in the origin of words and the origin of sayings, you know? So, um, at any rate, whatever. Scott, you want to sign us off or what? Yeah. And,
1: you know, my um, email, surftalksandiego at gmail.com. David's email, hello at surfsplendorpodcast.com. My Twitter is at Boardroom Surf. My Insta, at Boardroom Show. And David's Insta is at Surf Splendor. Simple as
0: that. Ask us anything on Reddit.
1: Wednesday Wednesday, morning. This Wednesday, that's July uh, 8th. Who knows? July 8th. Yeah, July 8th. July 8th, we're going to be on Reddit. Ask us anything. And um, until next time. Oh, by the way, next time. Oh. This is going to be our last show for like a month. Right?
0: I'm gonna be I'm gonna be gone till July 28th, I think. Yeah, and, and then come where are you back, going?
1: I come back. Um, well, I don't think we'll be able to do a show until August.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna be posting content, um, okay. profile pieces and stuff on SurfSplendorPodcast.com, but Scott and I with Surf News. Yeah, I guess we should have discussed that before the end of the show, the final minute of the show. Do you want to talk about where you're going now? No, I'll talk about it after. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, until
1: next time, adios and aloha.
0: All right, that is it for today's show. I'm going to let Nina Simone play us out, um, kind of in honor of her recent documentary on Netflix. If you've got Netflix streaming, it's on there. It's probably on disc, too. Um, It's called What Happened, Miss Simone? Also highly recommended must-see moment this week. And all of the music that we um, incorporate into the show, we have a playlist of everything on surfsplendorpodcast.com. So um, you could click over to YouTube links for the music to listen for free, or we also embed a Spotify player of every song uh, categorized by episode. So it's really easy to search and navigate and incorporate into your own playlist. All right. So check that out along with all the other content that we have on surf including 95 past episodes all for free. And then of course, just share them with friends. That's how we grow the show. I told you before. I'll tell you again. All right. Thank you very much for listening. This is David Scales. I'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Surf Splendor. But until then, I'm reminding you to get out in the ocean, catch a couple waves, and shred on. Nine Empty his pockets and she wreck his days And she make him love her, and she shoot fly away She got a black dress on For a thousand dollars She wail and she moans